Bless you, Heather. It's going to be fun. Thank you. Now, I've got to position myself here because I think I'm going to get something on the screen in a minute. Let me get this. Let me get organised. Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, isn't it great to be in God's presence? You know, whether you're a parent, a leader, grandparent or anything else, the very best place you could be in God's presence. Because when we're connected with God, then it's easy. Maybe. Okay. But whether it's easy or hard, we know we have a helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us. And uh, just to give me a little bit of an idea of why you're here tonight. Some of you might not know, you just turned up. But uh, Okay, if, if you're here because you are a children's leader, let me see your hand. Okay, if you're here because you're a parent, let me see your hand. If you're here because you're a parent and a children's leader, let me see your hand. Oh, okay, so uh, uh, a mixture. Okay, next thing is, um, how many of you are going to actually be here tomorrow? Okay, because if you're going to be here tomorrow, I need your help, okay? And I'll come on to that in, in a little bit, okay? But uh, that's just great. I think we'll be all right, okay? Um, I, I, I've actually entitled this evening, Running a Holy Spirit-Empowered Meeting. Now, when I use the, the word meeting, that can mean a meeting with lots of people, or it can mean a meeting with you as a parent with your two children, or three children, or one child, or whatever, okay? So, what... I'm actually going to, I've used the word leaders in here, but do you know, if you're a parent, you're not a children's leader, you actually are a leader. You are the leader for your children. There are 8,760 hours in a year. You can do the math if you like, but I'm pretty sure I got that right. I can remember it. Um, I, I have this weird memory for all sorts of things that are useless most of the time. But, uh, you know, 8,760 hours a year. If your child goes to church once a week and they're there, say, for two hours, that's a lot. If your children's leaders have them for two hours, they're probably on their knees by the end of it. But, you know, uh, but if you, that only equals something like 104 hours a year. There's 8,760. So you're still left with about 8,600 and something. Okay. Now, parents, I know your children need to sleep. Maybe they don't sleep enough, but they need to sleep. They go to school. They do all sorts of other things. But actually, parents, you are the primary leaders of your children. Okay? That's the good news or the bad news, depending on which way you look at it. Okay? And us as children's leaders, we should just be really backing you up. Um, and uh, so I, I want to share a few things uh, tonight and... Uh, and then explain one or two of the things that we're going to do tomorrow, really, just to kind of get us into the focus of it. Um, and then uh, then we'll see what happens. Okay? Uh, I usually start all my meetings by saying, I've got some incredible good news for you. And that good news is that God's here and he can do anything. True? He's here right now. He can do absolutely anything. Okay? Some of you look a little bit concerned about that. What will anything look like? Well, I have no idea. Okay? Be but he does. He does, and he knows what's the very, very best for us as his children. 
So I'm probably not going to say anything tonight that... I'm looking at this thinking, which way am I supposed to be holding it? (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm probably not going to say anything tonight that you don't know. Okay. But what I really... uh, My heart would be that you go away tonight feeling encouraged and inspired to actually keep running after God on behalf of your children, whether you're a leader or a parent. Okay. Um, because the very best thing we can give to our children is that sense of an encounter with God and their own relationship with God. Okay, And that, that's not something, I mean, an encounter with God can happen in a moment and somebody's life can be changed in a moment. But growing a relationship with anybody takes time and it's a process. And parents, you're the best ones to help in that process, really, because you're seeing your children day by day. You're, 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 you're helping them process life day by day. Um, and it's at those times where you can really help them connect with God and have an encounter with God that will actually set them up uh, for the future. I was in a, a children's leaders uh, conference some years ago. Were you at that Harrogate thing? And we had this... Um, Early morning, oh, it was like eight o'clock in the morning session with Bill Johnson from from Bethel, and uh, which was an incredible privilege for children's leaders. It was a question and answer time. Ask Bill Johnson anything you like, you know. It was like, oh wow, okay. And uh, this guy put his, up his hand and he basically said, uh, you know, we've got this thing that happens in Britain that between the ages of eleven and fourteen, it's like a black hole where many, many children drop out of church. And if you look at the statistics, actually, that is the age group that is really, you know, children kind of come until they're 11, 10 or 11. They go to secondary school. Everything changes for them. Parents give them a little bit more kind of uh, flexibility and they choose not to come very often. And it's a massive black hole, that 11 to 14 age group. So if you work with that age group, or if you know people that do, really encourage them because that is a critical age. If you can get children, young people through that age group, then you're likely to keep them um, in a way that uh, that is meaningful. Anyway, this guy says we've got this problem, and uh, uh, can you can you offer any advice about what we can do about this? And uh, Bill Johnson just sat there and he thought for a moment, just quiet, and you could just tell. Um, if you've been around children's leaders conferences, that what this guy wanted was, you know, a three-step program to if you do all these things, then you're going to keep your kids. And uh, I thought this is going to be interesting what he said. Uh, And basically he said, this is how you keep your kids. You give them as many authentic encounters with God before that age that they can't walk away. And you could tell this guy did not like the answer to this question. You could just tell it didn't answer his question. It wasn't where he was at in his head. But I thought that was an incredibly, incredibly wise answer. And really, that's what, we, that's what our job is. As parents and as leaders, our job is to make sure our kids connect with God. Yes? You know, we want them to have fun. We want them to enjoy themselves. We want them to enjoy life. We want them to actually learn the scriptures and that kind of stuff. 
But most of all, you know, when I, I think I shared this last time I was here. Actually, I can't even remember what I shared last time. So if, I, if you were here last time, I'll repeat anything. It is a year ago. I, I mean, maybe you can't remember either. But, you know, I grew up, I knew the Bible really well, but I really didn't have much of a relationship with God as a child and as a young person. I knew a lot about God, but I didn't know God. And what we need is our children to actually, our children and young, young people, to have a relationship with God, to have encounters with God that, that, that brings God right into their world, right into their lives. So, you know, it's one thing to tell children, for instance, I haven't even got to my notes or any of this yet, but never mind, we'll just go with whatever comes out of my mouth because I'm trusting that whatever comes out is going to be what God wants, Okay. But, you know, we can tell children that God did, Jesus did amazing miracles. Okay. Well, Harry Potter did amazing things. Dare I say, in the book. For many children, the Bible, it's a big, thick book. Harry Potter book, big, thick book. I've never said this before in my life. There must be a reason. (laughs) Okay. I've never said this before. But, um, you know, they can read fictional stories about fictional creatures doing or people doing all kinds of incredible things. We have to show them somehow that what we read in the scriptures, in the Bible, in the word of God, the things that we tell them, the stories that we tell them about what Jesus did are different. Yes? How are we going to do that? Well, only if God actually shows up and he does the same kind of things. You know, so I I was in a, a, this time last week, I was at a supernatural youth conference at my church. I don't usually speak to youth, but apparently I do now. Uh, And uh, it was really cool. We had this girl there, she's living on a rubbish dump in the Philippines and um, she was telling the story that she did this meeting with 40 kids and she took this sweet bread, she took 40 pieces, which she thought she was going to have 40 kids, 90 showed up. So she said, so her, a co-worker said, well, what about if we cut it in half? And she said, well, there's still not enough. It's only 80 and there's 90 kids. So she said, oh, we just have to see what God does. So she starts handing out the bread. Every, every single one of those 90 kids got a piece of bread without them cutting. Well, you know, when they see that, what happens? Wow. Wow. Faith rises. This is God who's real today. And that's what our kids need. And, uh, and that's what I believe as, ch- as leaders, as parents. Uh, can I just say leaders and parents, you, you, hear, you hear parent leaders. Is that all right? Otherwise, I'm going to spend all my time going through this. Okay. But that's what we were about. That's what God wants for our children. He is alive and well and he's working all kinds of incredible miracles today. And he wants to do that for our children. And some of you might be thinking, oh, yeah, well, that's all all right for you. You get to go and see all these things and hear all these stories. And I'm in my little church here and I've got my few children and we don't really see all those kind of miracles. Well, do you know something? God wants to do exactly the same things everywhere. He just wants willing people who say, "Okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I've never seen this in my life before, but I'm up for it. I want to see it. And then we wait and see. And then we start to step out. We take steps. We pray even though we don't feel anything. 
even though we feel like we have no faith. Maybe you have the, the horriblest week you could have. And you get there on Sunday or you're at home with your kids, parents, and it's like, I, God, I don't even know if you're there anymore. You know, let's be real. Sometimes it feels like that. Or is it only me? Okay, I've had a pretty tough time lately. And sometimes it's like, God, have you forgotten me? You know, I'm supposed to be your, love, your, your, your beloved child. Please help me out here. You know, it's been tough. You know, we all have those times. But the fact of the matter is that the truth is God can do anything. Yes? Are you absolutely sure? Anything? Can he do anything through you? Am I any different to you? Absolutely no. We're not. We're all in the same boat. Okay? We're human beings. We might be in different places on our journey. But actually, you know, this girl last week when she spoke, she she was supposed to be speaking about uh, the uh, a gift of faith. She didn't speak about it at all. She just talked. She just told stories about the things she'd seen. And do you know what happened? Faith rose in the room. And I sat there watching the young people and it was like, they were like, wow, that's incredible. I want to do that. Just as she shared. We don't have to have it all. She shared, I don't know why I'm telling you about her, but I am. Um, she shared that she, she lives on this dump on her own. In England, she'd never lived on her own. She goes there, she's living on her own. She's been shot up. She's, all kinds of stuff's happened. She said she battles fear every moment. But she's learnt to keep her eyes on God. And she's, she's staying there no matter what. Brave. Brave, but full, not full of faith all the time. But actually she, she keeps her focus on God and God gives her the faith she needs. And that's what it's like. So, <laughs> so I, I, I just want to ask a few questions really. Make a few comments and, uh, yeah, I don't know how much time I've got. I've already taken a lot of time and I haven't even got here. What does a, pa- a spirit-empowered meeting look like? Messy. It looks like liquid all sorts to me. It looks like anything goes. You know, because God works in all kinds of different ways. So if I said to you, okay, you've got a group of children or you've got your children at home, and you ask the Holy Spirit to actually come and work, what kind of things would you expect to see? Laughter, maybe. They might get dreams. Hopefully they get dreams when they're asleep and visions, you know, the whatever. Boldness to pray. Pictures. Excitement. Inspiration. Yep. Words of knowledge. Yep. They get inspired to go and actually do something with what they've got. Yep. Friendship. Yep. Prophesy. Yep. We could probably add all the gifts of the Spirit, couldn't we? Might happen. Hopefully not all at the same time. Okay, or who knows? I would hope it's fun. Actually, 
I remember a kid who came up to me at the end of a meeting where we'd been praying for other children. He said, this is the most fun meeting I've ever been in. And I'm like, what, why? He said, because I got to pray for people and I saw God do something. Now we, we've done all the craft and all the games. We've done all the, all the things that you expect. But no, the most fun thing was he got to see God at work. I'm not saying you shouldn't do the fun, the fun, normal things. Okay? Because we do need that as well. So we've shared a few things and we could we could probably stay here all night and think about all the things that might happen in God's presence. Sometimes it's loud, sometimes it's quiet. One of the things that often happens in my meetings now is I ask the Holy Spirit to come and quietness falls and it's tangible almost. And uh, I think I might have mentioned last time, one time it went on for 22 minutes. I had 600 kids in total silence receiving from God for 22 minutes. And it only stopped at that point because I stopped it. And I wish I hadn't. You know, it never happened to me before. I mean, 600, 8 to 11-year-old kids, they're not quiet for 22 minutes normally, are they? But God was doing something and there was quiet. And often that's the kind of thing that hap- happens in my meetings now. And it's like we look at one another as leaders like, oh, God's here. Absolute quiet. Other times it's very noisy. And everything between. Whenever God's at work, though. Which way am I going? No, I'm going the wrong way. I keep turning the thing around and then I'm going the wrong way. Okay, remember concentration spans. Uh, You know, children can concentrate for about one minute per year of their age. At an optimum level, unless God shows up. Big time. Okay, so the average five-year-old, five minutes. Okay, I'm telling you this because it's really important. But sometimes when we want to... When we plan our programs, or parents, you want to do some kind of devotional thing at home, we plan something that actually goes on too long. And because it's gone on too long, they're out the other side before we got in. You know? Um, So the average 10-year-old, maybe 10 minutes. Now, if they're doing something, they're involved, you might elongate that. Like I said, 22 minutes of silence with the kids. Sometimes that happens. You know, in terms of worship, in terms of, uh, of songs and stuff like this, sometimes we expect them to be able to connect for a long time. And my experience has shown that they go in and out of it. Um, and actually, so do adults, but you can see when the children go in and out of it. <laughs> Us as adults just zone out and look like we're in it, okay? I've stood at the front of many meetings. I've seen it. I can tell that, that look that comes over people when actually they're not looking at the words of the songs anymore. They're, they are. They're staring at it, but they're thinking about what they're having for dinner or whatever. Okay, children, of course, show us when they're out of something. Uh, and so I, I just want to really encourage you to think about that. Whenever you do anything with your kids, think about the amount of time you're, you're taking over something. You see, what happens is, at 20 years old, you can probably tra- tra- uh, concentrate for 20 minutes, and then it goes down again. So some of you have already zoned out tonight. It's Friday night. You've had a long week at work. You've zoned out from me right now. Okay, I ought to get your, 
get you up and make you run around the room or something. No, I won't. Okay, I'll be kind. Okay, but, but it's really important because you see, God understands children are children. And that's my next point. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. I'm sorry. Ah, they're children, not adults. And sometimes we put on children our own kind of thoughts as adults. And uh, I remember we did a survey once amongst kids and asked them what they liked about church. (laughs) If you want to be totally discouraged, do that survey. (laughs) It was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, Because we, we actually got the feeling that often we are doing things that, that we think are fun and we think are going to connect with the kids and actually they're not there at all. So we had things like kids said they liked the end of church the best. <laughs> Most of them said they liked the food, whatever it was that you gave them. Uh, the, the thing that kids said they disliked the very the most of anything was waiting for their parents talking. Another kid, a couple of kids said they liked the fact that church was across the road from a playground and they got to go and play in the kids' playground. Uh, many of them said they, they didn't like church because their room was horrible and cold and they didn't have nice comfy seats like the adults. It, it was actually very surprising. And, uh, you know, you might just want to one time ask your kids if you dare, okay? And, uh, and then this, this really hit me. One kid said that uh, uh, the thing he didn't like was that leaders said it was going to be fun, but it was only fun for some and not for others. You know, because not all kids like the same things, do they? And yet we want to do things that are all together. And God, God encounters kids in different ways. God encounters us in different ways. If I was to go around and ask you, I just did this. I lead a, a home group in my own church. And I just started a new one, new group of people two weeks ago. And I asked them all to share what was their most meaningful and memorable encounter that they'd had with God, other than when they became a Christian. It was incredible. Everybody's was totally different. Um, And uh, we were just uh, joking, Tim Tim and I kind of joking at lunchtime that, you know, you can be in a meeting and the person next to you is having this major encounter with God. Ever happened to you? And you're standing next to them. You're like... Really? Is God here? You know, uh, it's usually me that's looking around thinking, I've got a friend who, uh, if she's going to get prayed for, I I have to kind of stand and hold her. Because otherwise she's going to be out in the spirit on the floor before the person's got to her to pray. You know, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, this is my job to hold her up so she can get prayer, you know, because otherwise she's gone. She's just, that's the way God works with her doesn't work like that with me. It's the same with our children. God will encounter them in totally different ways. That's why we need a wide range of opportunities uh, in which they can encounter God. Okay? Because it won't work for all of them. Now, one of the things we're, we're doing tomorrow is we'll set up some encounter stations and some practical activity type things. So I've got my big bear over there. Uh, which somebody's hugging, that's very nice, he'll be very happy to hug you. 
Okay, and uh, we've seen this bear. Uh, God's used this bear in incredible ways. I, I could never believe it when I bought it for £20 in Costco. It was like the best £20 I ever spent. Uh, but people have sat with him, mostly adults, more than children, actually. They've sobbed their hearts out and God set them free and healed them. Like, I don't know what. It's been amazing. If you wanted me to go and sit with that bear, I would die of embarrassment. Just wouldn't work for me. Okay, I'm being honest, okay? I can be honest. Can't, are we recording this? <laughs> oh, no. No, but I'm being serious. You know, they, they, it doesn't do anything for me. I love the bear. He travelled with me. You know, he sat in my mum's house last night. I nearly left him there, actually. She said, please take this away. <laughs> you know, but, you know, for, for some people, that has been incredibly powerful to sit with a bear, receive prayer. You know, one guy said that when he was uh, growing up, he wasn't allowed a teddy bear. And he went and sat with this bear and it was like all the stuff from his past, God brought to the surface and healed. Okay? But it wouldn't work for me. It will work for some children and not others. That's why we need the creator of the universe to actually inspire us all the time. So, I'm going to go the wrong way, I'm sure I am. I'm not going to go anyway. Oh, there we go. Children are quite clinical. Uh, what I mean by that is that they are uh, matter of fact about things. You know, they don't have to have 10 minutes of being lost in wonder, love and praise before they can hear God. I remember many years ago, I had a kid who was, he, he was standing like this. Uh, he was reading a joke book and speaking in tongues. And I thought, really? Uh, it doesn't feel right to me somehow, okay? Um, and I'm thinking, you know, he's speaking in tongues. Isn't that a gift of the spirit? You'd think he'd feel, you know, he'd be in the spirit. Well, for him, it's just clinical. I did ask him to put the joke book down, by the way. Uh, I didn't think that was probably quite the thing to do. But I say that because they're very, they are very clinical. And they'll pray for you. They'll pray for healing. They'll put their hand on you. Please, Lord, heal them. Are you better now? Yeah? Th th that's what they're like, aren't they? And uh, and we need to be careful that we don't we don't feel we've got to make or create an atmosphere, if you like, before they can encounter God. Okay, I've had some of my my most meaningful encounters when I've been in the car. It's been quite clinical. I think I'm like the kids, really. I I've got a con small concentration span, and I I like the kid things, and and I'm quite clinical in that way. Other people won't be, but many kids are very clinical. And uh, they can go from playing to praying in an instant. I don't know if you've found this. So, you know, parents at home, your kids can be praying, at, uh, uh, playing rather, at one moment. And you can call them and say, come on, let's pray now. And they can go from, particularly if you build that into the kind of way you are with them. And leaders, it's the same in your groups. That, that actually we want the playing and the praying to be interlaced. Is that the right word? You know, kind of mixed together. 
Because when they're in the school playground, they need to be able to connect with God in a moment. When the bullies come in towards them, they need a connection with God at that point in time. And they can't, you know, get down on their knees and spend the next 10 minutes, you know, asking God, pleading with God to come. In a moment, they've got to connect with God. And we need to help them build that kind of uh, connection. Uh, I was going to use the word technique. It's not a technique, but you know what I mean. That kind of like, they can, they can go. One moment, they're, they, they're just doing their everything, and the next minute, they're connected with God and they're having an encounter with God. Um, I've got one more here. They need structure before freedom. Hmm, this is an interesting one. You see, I, I see a lot of people who actually think uh, kids need to take responsibility for their own actions. Yes, that's true. Okay. That when the spirit moves, anything can happen. That's true. But it's not, it's not a... Uh, a ticket to chaos. And I have been in some meetings um, in places that, that you would know where I have watched the children in, in times of worship and it's been chaos. And I've been disappointed with that because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like those children have really learned uh, how to... They've been given freedom to respond in their own way but actually it's just chaos and they're not really responding do, do you hear what I'm saying and they're not really honoring God in that they haven't learned to respect the presence of God and they're all over the place and my feeling is they need some structure and they need some focus and some instruction and some help in order to get there. So if you send your children, say they're five, six, seven, to bed at night, parents, and tell them, oh, go and have a time with God and pray, uh, I, some of them might, but most of them need some help from you and some support from you. Is that true? Otherwise, they, you know, they're, they're easily distracted uh, and, and they can't cope with the freedom of making those choices. You know, as parents, you send your children to school every day. If they're sick, you take them to a doctor. There's lots of things that you do that, that, that are right. Um, but in terms of the spiritual stuff, sometimes we can give them more freedom and they need more structure. Okay? I'm not saying structure it so tightly that there's never any freedom. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, And in our groups as well, sometimes we can give a bit too much freedom and many children can't handle that because they haven't learned how to handle it in, the, in a safe place where there's some structure. Okay, I could say a lot more about that. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm going to move on, maybe. Here we go. I love this. I found this poster. Leaders, we need to know that we're different. Okay? We're different from any other leaders. Parents, you're different from non-Christian parents. Okay? The church's unique selling point, USP, is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. No other organisations have what we have and no other organisations can match up to the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing comes close to what we have in the manifest presence of God Almighty. Okay? We are different. We are offering 
When kids come through our doors to our church, we are offering them something different. We're not just another club. And I think we really, really need to keep hold of that. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. He was like, I I don't want to go anywhere without your presence, God. Um, You know, we can give the kids a great fun time. We can teach them the Bible. But actually, if they don't know that, that, that if they're not encountering the presence of God, then I don't think we've done our job right. Now, I don't want you to go around uh, away from here tonight really discouraged and, oh, I'm not doing very well, okay? Um, th- this is meant to actually encourage us to go after more, okay? Because I want to see more. I've seen God do some incredible things with kids over the years. I mean, things that I couldn't even believe I would ever see. But I tell you something, I'm ready for some more. I want to see some, some more things. Um, I, and I, I've seen a lot. I'm greedy for more. And uh, I call myself Little Miss Greedy. You can be Little Miss Greedy or Mr. Greedy, whatever you like. But I think Moses was one of the greediest people out for the presence of God. You know, he saw incredible things, didn't he? I mean, he saw the sea parted, water coming out of a rock, manna falling, quails coming. I mean, all sorts of things. The burning bush, you name it, he saw it. And yet he gets to, you know, later on in Exodus and he's saying, God, basically show me more. Show me your glory. He's after more. And I want to encourage you as individuals, as parents, as leaders, be after God for more. I don't know what the more looks like always. It looks different for different people. But I believe God wants to reveal more of himself all the time. And our children really need that. So, leaders need to build expectation. I already said I would always start my meetings by saying God's here and he can do anything. Okay? It's no good saying that if you don't believe it. Okay? I am absolutely convinced that, that I, there's no shadow of doubt in my head because the scriptures say it and that's the truth to start off with. And when we meet together, God's there. And that means when we meet in our family groups, when we're in our homes, when we're in our meeting, God is there. And I thought that was an amazing song where it talked about all the things that God had done, you know, the billion galaxies and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff that God's done. And, you know, it's a fact that galaxies are still being created now by the word that God spoke back there at the beginning. Isn't that incredible? And he kept, we get to be in his presence here right now. Just let that sink in a moment. That is incredible. And when we get that, and when we help children get that, the thing is, they believe, they believe it, and they act on it. And then we play catch up. One of the things I like to do, I expect to encounter God. Yeah, I do expect to encounter God all the time. Because he wants to encounter us. He's that kind of a God. He loves us. But I, I take a magnifying glass. I might I might share this tomorrow. And I talk about if you take a magnifying glass and you, you take it out, you know, in the sun, if there ever is any, there was a bit today, um, and put the right materials underneath, you're, you're going to end up with a fire. 
Okay, so I talk about a Holy Spirit fire. So, I'm believing this weekend there is a magnifying glass. I hope that we've got the right building now because <laughs> I didn't have the right building. <laughs> Your, the postal code did not take me to the right place. But I'm believing there's going to be a Holy Spirit fire in this place. Um, and, and so I'd start a meeting like that. I'd say, I'd, I'd take a magnifying glass. I'd say, what can this do? Simple little thing. Um, but when we do that, when we do that, it raises expectation. I've got to really move on. And we need to be constantly filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. At every meeting, I, I, I talk about the Holy Spirit being a helper. That's what it says in the scriptures. He's a helper. Do we need help? Do the children need help? Yes, they do. They, need, they know they need help more than we do sometimes. Okay, and, uh, and so I, I do various little uh, activities. So I, I have stones in here and I say, is it full up? They say, yes. Then I pour sand in it and then I pour water in it and to, the, to the extent that it, it, in, in the end it, it um, overflows. That's when it's really full. And when you overflow, it touches other people. And uh, incidentally, if you do something like that, it gets really, really, really heavy by the time you've filled it up with sand, stone, sand and water. So just a practical tip, pull it on a table because you will not be able to hold it okay, and pour more water in. But I did this over a week-long camp and I had to cheat a little bit because I poured some water out every day and poured more in. <laughs> Don't tell them, though. Um, but every day it was like, is, is it going to be more? Is it going to be more? And then this last year, I used, um, I got one of these, uh, I bought it in the Dollar Tree, Dollar Shop in, in America. It was like a, a oh, what's it called? A lizard. Um, that when you put in water, pull it in water, it grows. So, and it, it was amazing, actually. So I tried it out before I went and it looked pretty ugly. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to, I want to, say this is like what happens to us when we're in the presence of God <laughs> anyway <laughs> so it shrunk down and I put him in this paddling pool and uh, I said to the kids you know uh, here we are at the beginning of the week and we're, we're like this you know we're just small and nothing we're gonna we're gonna put this in the water where he belongs and and we'll see what happens and we're gonna get in the presence of God and see what happens to us in the week and it grows uh, this this lizard until it was just about big enough to fill the paddling pool right across. And every day the kids are like, "Can I look at it? Can I look at it?" I mean, it was it was amazing. It was a dollar, you know. It's like oh, it was an expensive expensive prop or anything. And then halfway through the week, I took it out, and I said, "When you leave here, you need to stay in the presence of God, because when you leave here, this will happen to you if you don't." And it shrinks down again was an amazing illustration i couldn't believe it you know so keep your eyes and ears open you know when you go in the pound shop especially <laughs> you know they have all kinds of things and god can drop i mean i'm just wandering around the dollar tree and i'm thinking i need that you know things i have in my suitcase when i come home <laughs> it's like one of these days they're going to open my suitcase and think what on earth has she got um but, you know, just anything. I, I sometimes use a, a fizzy, fizzy pop of some kind. And if you've got only half a, half a um, bottle, it won't fizz out if you f shake it. You have to test it out, though. 
Okay. And if you've got a full one, it'll fit out all over the place. What do you want to be? Full or half full? Well, you need to be full. And so we take the opportunity all the time to pray for the kids, for more Holy Spirit, more of his special helper. I do it every meeting. Okay, we're just going to take a moment now. We're just going to pray that God will fill you with more of his Holy Spirit, his special helper this week, because you need him. Takes a moment. I could say so much more. Can you stay all night? Probably not. Okay. Uh... Leaders need to know planning is good. I've just thrown that in there because, you know, God can direct you before a meeting as much as he can direct you in a meeting. Don't think you can't have a plan. But hold the plan lightly. Okay, I'm not going to say any more than that. Um, Leaders need to be creative. Now, they told me when I was at school, I was the most uncreative person they'd ever met. Bless me for a long time. Or bless me negatively for a long time. And I'm not particularly creative in certain ways. We were talking about this today. In certain ways. Uh, But I do have the creator of the universe living inside of me. So that makes up for a lot. Okay? And uh, and so even, you know, we've actually planned some different activities tomorrow. uh, And and they're different kinds of activities. And they're, 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 you know, they're... They're creative, many of them. So we're going to make a, a, a encouraging words jar. Let's just hold this up. So we've got lots of little encouraging words here, and they're just going to make a jar like this, so you can just pull out one every day or at any point when you think you need an encouraging word from God. We're going to uh, we're going to put two hoops out here. Uh, one's going to be blue here, and one's going to be red and yellow over there. Uh, and, and we're just going to invite people to stand in the hoops and receive from God. And uh, we, we thought this, this uh, 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 blue one, blue and green one, was just going to be like refreshing. The kids called it the power shower. So if you want a power shower, you have to get in this hoop. Uh, we're going to make... Uh, uh, what else are we going to make, Debs? Oh, we're going to make a vision board. I went, went to um, a home one time where uh, uh, every, at the beginning of every year, the family, they would make this vision board, things that they were asking God for for that year, dre- uh, dreaming for for that year. And they'd make this uh, kind of uh, poster type thing and they'd pull it up as a reminder. Kids put, kids put something in, a, in it, the adults together as a family, and then they'd be praying into that all the way through the year. Well, that's something you can do as families, but it's also something you can do as um, as leaders. What about what's your vision for for this year for your kids in your group? Um, oh yeah, let your glory fall. I, I love this one. So basically, this these are really simple things. This is glitter glue, which ended up all over the carpet in our new office. It wasn't great, but there we go. Uh, glitter glue, glitter glycerine and water and the idea is that uh, you shake it up you make it and tomorrow there'll be a chance to make them and then you just watch the glitter fall down and it's like God's glory falling on you so I, I had two people from Argentina who held it over their heads like that and the Holy Spirit really hit them and they and they had a glass jar and they hit the floor the Holy Spirit just hit them that hard. And I'm, I'm like looking around, I hear this big bang and the thing's rolling across the floor. And I'm like, 
what on earth this is glitter glitter glue you know you buy 10 10 things from the pound shop you know but actually it's a visual demonstration of what god wants to do he wants his spirit his glory to fall on us and uh and so just a lot of these things we're going to make a thanks bank like a money box but because we want to create uh, an atmosphere of thankfulness uh, and, a, and a, an attitude of thankfulness with the children. Um, we're going to make a memory bag, you know, because, uh, you know, we think we're going to remember what God does for us. And uh, we do for a while. And we remember really the really big things, but we don't always remember some things where God's come through for us. And, uh, um, and I know I read a book well, the guy said that God called him to the pastorate when he was in the cornfield. And so he got this picture of this cornfield. He went back there. Another point, he took a photograph and he blew it up and put it on his office wall. And he said, when it gets tough, I look at that cornfield and I say to God, God, that's where you called me. That's where you told me you'd be with me and you'd use me. So I, I, I'm, I'm calling out to you right now. And, uh, and so... Um, and so we want to, we need to encourage our kids to actually uh, record and, and uh, uh, keep a, an account, if you like, of things that, um, that God does for them. Now, um, I've started to do this. I had a really incredible experience earlier in the year. I was going, uh, planning for a trip to Argentina in April. And Argentinians are very bad at communication and they're very bad at organising things in advance. So I, I'm two days away from going and I've not got one single meeting confirmed. I have no idea what to take with me. Um, I, I don't know whether I'm going to be speaking to adults, children, youth, uh, uh, leaders, preaching. I don't know. And I'm in my office and I'm like, God, what, what on earth should I do? And I was stressed. If I'm really honest, I was really stressed. And um, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm away from my desk. I'm looking through a file of notes and thinking, oh, maybe I'll take this one, maybe I'll take that one. And all of a sudden, my printer prints. And I'm like, really? I'm not at my desk. That's interesting. So I called to my friend in the other office. Did you print something to my printer? Knowing she couldn't have done because our printers don't work on Wi-Fi. I'm like what just printed I was almost too scared to go and look at what I'd printed and when I get there it's a sheet of music and I'm like a sheet of music I'm not a musician I've never had any music on my computer uh, uh, this is a sheet of music and it's a song where it, it says something like it's called fill me up it says um, I'll provide the sacrifice God you provide the fire and I hear God say to me you provide the sacrifice on this trip and I'll provide the fire and I'm like, how did that piece of music come out of my computer? I go into my friend. I said, do you know this song? No, never heard of it. Have you ever had it on your computer? Just in case, you know, it a man suddenly, no, never had it on my computer. I don't know the song. Never heard of it. I have no idea how that printed except God. And it was a word for me. I've kept that. I've kept that sheet of music. It would go in my box or my bag or whatever. It's in a, it's in a, a plastic box. Because I'm going to keep that to remind me that when, when I have the same situation again, which will be in April this year, probably, I can remember what God did for me then. 
that's why we're doing the memory bags or boxes. Uh, this here, we're going to make chains and break the chains. And as I've had people do this, they've actually been set free from things as they've broken a paper chain. And their life's never been the same again. I don't know how God does it. But he can do anything, can't he? And this is our post-box cross. God gave me this idea that actually we're going to post the things, our fears and our worries, our, our sins into the cross. Because it was at the cross everything happened. Um, they're simple ideas. But I want to encourage you to just be listening out to God all the time. And you can do these kind of things at home as much as you can do them. You might not want to make all of this, but, you know, as much as you can do them in a group or in a meeting. Um, oh, here we go. Here's the, the hoop that we're going to fit up here somehow tomorrow. Here's the fire. Okay. I, I, again, I could say a lot more about that, but please allow the, the, the creator God to speak to you and give you ideas. Leaders need to be flexible. Parents need to be flexible. You know, I've got a plan and I'm sticking to it. That's me by nature. Okay, I like to have the plan and I like to stick to it. But actually, God's taught me that the be very best thing is actually to let him be in charge. Oh, kind of one way. Flexibility and adaptability to change. We need to be we need to be listening out to what God's got to say. I've got to hurry up. Leaders have to trust God. Parents, you definitely have to trust God. Okay? I have no idea what's going to happen and I love it. Well, I love it and I hate it all at the same time. Okay, anybody with me? Okay. Uh we we, we need to allow God to be God. And I know I'm not giving you the nuts and bolts of how to do this. Actually, I can't give you the nuts and bolts of how to do it for yourself. You have to do it yourself. But actually, that's what people normally want. And if we had more time, we could actually talk, talk through some of these more practical things. But, you know, we've, I, I want to just inspire you and encourage you to, to go after something deeper, higher, whatever words you want to use. Because I believe that's what, that's what God wants us to do but it's what our children need in these days um, so we need to trust learn to trust God and uh, my favorite prayer probably is God help 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 I'm standing on another edge of another cliff and I'm yelling out help I have no idea what to do in this situation I have no idea how to handle this you know when you're in a meeting as I was in Argentina once, with 1,200 people, and the pastor says, oh, the missionary is going to pray for everybody tonight. And then he, he whispers to me, oh, we advertise this as a prophetic meeting, so feel free to have a word for everybody. <sighs> you kind of got to learn to trust God because you, you can't really do anything else. When you go to a, a place up in the mountains in Thailand where you've heard that kids are seeing pillars of fire going down the street and all sorts of things and then they want you to lead a meeting but they didn't communicate that to you before you got there, uh, you have to trust God. Um, you know, you just have to. Now, maybe some of your situations might not be quite so extreme as mine, okay, but Actually, we need to learn to trust God every step of the way. Every time we're, we're, we're interacting with our children, actually, we need to be hearing from God. 
We need to learn to live in that place where we are so sensitive to God's voice that he can speak a word to us at any point in time and we'll go with it. We need to look and listen. We need to keep calm and listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we think we know, we think we're following the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the children are not quite in the same place. And uh, I don't know how to explain this as, it, uh, as, as clearly as I'd like to, but uh, we need to keep an ear on God and an eye on the children. Because sometimes I've been, uh, let me use this example, in my meetings, we've had a time of worship and uh, the, uh, probably 10 minutes and uh, the kids have really been connected. And then what's happened is I thought, oh yeah, we could do another song. We could, yeah, the kids are really connected. And we do the other song um, and the kids are not connected. I've, I've missed the moment. I, I haven't read the room right. And uh, this takes some experience and some practice, but we need to learn to read the room. You know, parents, you put your kids to bed at night, you're going to pray with them. You know, some nights they're going to be really tired and really grumpy. Or aren't your kids ever grumpy? Okay? Or you think, oh, this is a good time to pray, and they're really hungry and they're grumpy. Uh, as we get grumpy the same, um, we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to realize that actually God understands our humanity as well. And so we need to read the room, read the child and listen to God and not push ahead with something that we think, oh, that's got to be the spirit leading us. If actually the children are not with us, does that make sense? Because otherwise, uh, you know, we just... We, 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 we actually make it really difficult for ourselves. Really difficult. And, and children as well, they, they, they think... I asked them, for instance, let me give you this example. One year at one of our events, um, we'd, we'd seen God do some amazing things and uh, it, was, it was just really, co- really cool to see what God had done. The kids had become Christians and God had touched them. There'd been many healings and it was really great. And, and I said to them towards the end of the week, put your hand up if God's done, done something really good for you this week. Not a child put their hand up. I'm like, what? I know God did some really good things this week because you share testimony you know many of them had come to the front share testimony they'd written them put them on our board and everything but they 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 didn't recognize that God had done some good things and then I realized that actually they didn't see them as amazingly good things they just saw them as ordinary well God's here he can do anything so you know if he heals me okay you know, we had a kid who God, he, he was born with a foot sticking out to the side and God healed him, straightened his foot. He didn't tell anybody, he just went to play football because that's what he'd always wanted to do. And we found out later because some of my team went to his, his church and the parents said, wasn't it great what happened to so-and-so's foot? And they said, well, what happened? He didn't even think to tell anybody because it was just ordinary. And I... I I could feel myself when the kids were saying that nothing had happened, getting discouraged. Oh, I've worked myself to death this week. This week, you know, I'm almost on my knees. I'm so tired, and nothing's happened, even though I knew it had. And I was actually reading the room wrong. And God had to show me, no, no, no. 
It's not that I haven't done anything, but to these kids, they're growing up with that supernatural mindset where God's working all the time and it's not such a big deal. That's good and bad. Because we do want them to recognise when God's at work. But actually, we do want the supernatural to become natural. You know, our kids last year at Faith Camp, where we were, they were, we called our whole program Miracle Street. And we said there was miracles to be ha- happen anywhere on site. Uh, they went looking for miracles to happen. They were looking for anybody who was limping, got a stick in a wheelchair, looked sad, anything. They were out there looking for them. They come back. Oh, I prayed for somebody else, and God met them. And and then we we made a big map of the whole site, and we we had the little Google teardrop type thing, and we put wherever all the miracles happened over the site. And it was really cool. And the kids were like, that's amazing. Because we wanted them to actually go away thinking a miracle can happen in my home, in my street, in my school, anywhere. It doesn't have to happen in the meeting. It can happen anywhere. But it was just, it was like an exciting treasure hunt. They were just looking for the miracles. A miracle hunt, let's call it that. They were looking for the miracles. They were looking for God to use them. And they went running after it. But it, it, was, it was almost like, dare I say, a game. In the, in the be- a Holy Spirit game. Do you think God minds a Holy Spirit game? I'm not sure he does. He's quite happy with that. Because, you see, he knows the adventurous spirit, the adventurous nature of children. And uh, I, I've been, I think I'm going to do a program about God Adventures this year. I'm just working on it now, thinking it through. But, you know, a bit, uh, I listened to a, an old Enid Blyton. I grew up with those Enid Blyton books. Uh, uh, CD, you know, audio thing. Oh, gosh, it was awful. But <laughs> anyway, but, but actually, there's something about children that, and this is off the point, I'm sorry, but there's something about children that are like, they're, they're, they're like, um, when they're in an adventure, uh, they, they're focused, they're totally focused, they're going after the one thing, and if there's any opposition, they just think they're going to be able to work it around somehow or another and they're so so focused on things um and uh you know we need to go with that we just need to go with it uh leaders need to take a moment i'm gonna rush through these and by that i mean just use anything and everything that comes up to actually help kids connect with god so you know it's a great verse in Acts. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So I, I got a whole load of refreshing type things. And, uh, uh, we, uh, and we talked about what it means to be refreshed in the Holy Spirit. Uh, hot and cold pack. I know your deeds, they are neither hot or cold. I wish you were either one of the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Um. And uh, I've always wondered, why why doesn't he say be hot? Because cold always feels to me like it's, you know, it's what we shouldn't be. You know, if we use, you know, somebody's cold, it's usually a negative thing, isn't it? Um, But actually, apparently, 
uh, I, I did a bit of study and I found out that in Laodicea, where this word was given, uh, that they had hot springs and they had core water that, that, that came through on an aqueduct and gave water to everybody. And so this would have really meant something because, you know, the hot water, there was healing in the hot water. That's what they believed. They were like healing springs. And then there was this cool water that was for drinking. If you mix the two together, neither thing happens. There's no cool water to drink. There's no hot water, you know, healing springs type thing in their thinking. And, um, you know, so I used a hot and cold pack. You know, one of those that you put in the microwave or... Just a simple little thing. Just the little things around the home. What could God use? Uh, how could you use them with God's inspiration to just bring uh, a thought to the kids? You know, so I said to the kids, so God wants us to be hot or cold. One or the other. He wants us to be strongly one or the other, not somewhere in the middle. And uh, I asked them where they were at. And many of them said, no, they felt like they were in the middle. They weren't hot or cold in the light of this. And we prayed for them. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. God wants rechargeable batteries. I, I, I can't spend any more time on this. Fire extinguishers. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. So, you know, everywhere you look, I can't see any here, but I'm, yes, I can over there. There are fire extinguishers. You know, so we had kids go back to their churches and stand up on Sunday morning and say, it's time to get the fire extinguishers out of this church. We're like, really? Okay. Ah, yes. We had a kid at faith camp last year in the main meeting on the last night, stood up and basically said uh, she wanted to pray so that people didn't watch inappropriate TV programs. To the adults, this was. Little girl, Charlie. Um, they understand these things. Okay, I'll keep going. I've actually written a book called 30 Moments of Encounter. I've got some of my resources over there. That's the advert done. If you're interested, have a look. Oh, there it is. Leaders need to take every opportunity to pray for more of the Holy Spirit. Well, I've already said this. Leaders need not to put God in a box. I've already talked a lot about that. Um, and I showed this picture last time. I was here, you know, sometimes we think God's got to work in a certain way. Well, let me tell you, he'll work in the way he wants to. We need to lead by example. I hope this is going to play. No, it's not going to play. You can't see my little video. If you search YouTube and see the Evian video with little kids, they all copy the... I don't know why it's not playing, but I did show it last time, I think, um, if you were here. Um, but just to say leaders need, leaders, parents, you, we need to lead by example. I say to my team, you can't expect the children to do anything which you would not be prepared to do yourself. That's why it's so important that we get ourselves in the presence of God and we get connected with God ourselves. And the best thing you can do, as I said at the beginning, as a leader or a parent, is actually just make sure you're in that ongoing, day-by-day, moment-by-moment connection with God. Because when you're in that place, then God can give you all the help you need. And then, this is my last point. And uh, you might think, what all is this all about? Leaders need to understand that personal breakthrough can lead to corporate blessing. Now, I want to read you a little uh, 
passage out of this book by Bill Johnson called Defining Moments about a guy called Reese Howes, who was an intercessor. And, uh, and then I'll explain why I'm reading this and I'm winding down now. Um, in the life of Reese Howes, we see once again that the encounter made the person. Howes was heroic in his approach to prayer, which was the overflow of his life of total consecration to God. Again, we see that fire always falls on sacrifice. Howes became the offering that the fire of God fell upon, and the rest is history. One of the parts of his story that is often forgotten is the fact that his personal breakthrough with God became corporate blessing. It's not that others didn't need to have their own encounters with God, they did. It's just that his community of like-minded people had available to them things that they probably wouldn't have had access to on their own. This result is consistent with the concept of biblical inheritance in which someone receives an inheritance that someone else paid a price for. Now we just have to learn to pay a price to increase what we have freely received so that we have something to give to the next generation. And what that's really saying, I, I thought about this a lot. What this is really saying is that, that it's almost like what, what we experience of God ourselves uh, uh, and the cost that we pay for that actually opens a door for our children to inherit the same thing. Does that make sense? That's why I keep saying we, we need to be good examples. We need to connect with God ourselves. Because we have the opportunity, um, as I think it was Deb said, for, or somebody said, that, that our floor, our ceiling becomes the children's floor. So by that I mean is that, that the place we get to in God is the place our children start from. And so I'm believing that the children I work with, the young people that I have contact with, are going to go far further and see more of God than I've ever seen. Okay? And when we, when we live in that kind of place, uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, because I think, yeah, and I want to cheer them on. I, I, I know they're going to see more. I want to cheer them on. And I'm prepared to pay the price so that they can get there. Imagine you've got 20 kids in your group and every single one of them gets radically impacted by God and they start running after God. 20 times what you've achieved and what you've seen God achieve through you can happen. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Parents, think about it. Your kids, I mean, all parents want their kids to have what they didn't have. Okay, see? So in our area, it's like kids have horse, horse riding lessons, they have dance lessons, they have music lessons. They have the whole lot because parents are like, well, I didn't have a chance to have that. I want my kids to have that. Nothing wrong with that. But think about that in spiritual terms. That actually, I want my kids to have what I didn't have. I wish I knew what I know now when I, when I was 11 years old. <laughs> I'd like to think about what my life would have looked like. So, we're nearly out of time, but um, I, I, I was, as I said to you, I was in Argentina last year in, in April. 
And um, I went to this church that's known as the children's church, even though they've got a thousand adults. But God's doing something amazing with their children. And uh, I haven't got time to tell you all the details, but basically they train their kids up. Uh, they give them, they pay for music lessons for them, not so they can just become proficient in music, but so they can form worship bands. That's what they do. Now, this is a third world country where they don't have a lot of money. And uh, they, they, uh, they had one girl who felt she was called to China when she was 10 years old. So they paid for Chinese lessons for her. And she's just gone to tw China at 20, speaking Chinese, which the church paid. The church invested in her. And uh, anyway, I went to this church and they asked me to do some teaching. And I'm thinking, I, I'm not quite sure really, really whether they need me to do it. You know, they're kind of doing well. You know, they send these 12 and 13-year-olds out as worship bands to help struggling churches. You know, they're doing pretty good, you know. So anyway, I do my teaching. And, uh, and then at the end of it, I am... Um, I hand over to the pastor. I, it was quite, kind of like about 11 o'clock, that's early for Argentina, but it's about 11 o'clock at night, and I thought, right, well, I'll just pray a general prayer over everybody, and then they'll feed us, and then we can go home. We had about an hour to travel home. And uh, so I prayed this general prayer. I thought I was going to get out of it easily. <laughs> Don't ever think that in Argentina, because it's not going to happen. Um, and, uh, so, and then I hand the micro microphone to the pastor, thinking he'll just wind it up, you know, kind of thing. I'm just being honest. And, and he, he, he comes out to the front and he, he says to me, uh, stand there. And there's like a square broken tile on the floor. And he says to me, stand in there. My, my translator came and stood with me and he said, no, no, not you, just her. I'm like, great. <laughs> now I'm standing here. Have you ever been in those places where you're totally out of your comfort zone? I'm now totally out of my comfort zone. One, I'm being put on the spot, literally. My translator is too far away from me to really translate for me without yelling fortunately I can understand a lot of Spanish now so that was not so bad and he looks at me this guy this pastor and he said do you believe you've got any anointing and I'm like oh, we don't think like that in England you know how you can think a lot in, in, in a very short space of time so I'm thinking uh, we don't really think about those kind of things or talk in those times of t kind of terms in England and it was almost like he could read my mind so I'm standing in my square thinking, oh, I'm dying inside. I just want to get out of here. Feed me and let me go, you know. And uh, he said, because uh, I don't say anything. I hesitate long enough uh, to give him the way in. And he says, uh, well, I'm telling you, you have some anointing or you would not be here and you would not have seen the things that you're seeing. He was like this at me. And I'm like, okay, okay. I just want to go and hide, you know. And uh, so uh, he said, you've got some anointing. So I'm like, okay, if you say I've got some anointed, I will agree with you type thing. Just let me out of here, you know. Uh, I don't know how you would have responded in this situation, but, you know, this is how I am. I, I'm quite a shy person, really. I don't like to be put on the spot like this. And uh, so then he, um, he he says to me, okay, get out the square. I'm like, oh, great. So I go back to the platform uh, with my translator who now can, you know, translate for me. I can get every word now instead of just a few. And uh, he says, so is there anybody here who wants her anointing? It was a bit like this, you know. He said, she's paid a lot for this. Anybody want what she's got without having to necessarily pay all the price for it? And I'm thinking, 
really? So he says, if you want the anointing, come and stand in the square. I'm thinking, really? It's a square with a broken tile, for goodness sake. So this girl runs out. She puts one foot in the thing. The Holy Spirit hits her and she hits the floor. And I'm like there. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm looking at my translator. Did that really happen? Yeah, I can't believe it. So anyway, she's on the floor. And then he says, uh, you know, she's paid, a, she's paid a lot of price for this. So do you want it? Next person comes out, same thing happens. Same thing happens. Same thing. It was just absolute chaos. And I'm standing there. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm just, I'm an English, shy, quiet Baptist. True. All of that's true. And uh, anyway, then he made me pray for all these people and we were there for hours. Uh, finally, he takes us up to his, his office and they feed us. And he looks at me and he says, I want you to promise me something. I'm thinking I'm not going to like this. You know, I went to minister at your church and now you're really getting at me. This is not nice. And I feel like God's right on my case, you know. He says, I want you to promise me your teaching is excellent, but everywhere you go, you need to give away your anointing. And I'm like, really? (laughs) I'm not absolutely convinced. I haven't anointed, you know. I know, but I don't know. Probably most of us feel like that. You know, we know God uses us, but we don't want to kind of blow our own trumpet and say we've got this anointing. So the next night, I'm in another church. Oh, by the way, that whole trip when I had no meetings organised, I was there for 17 days and had meetings on 16, sometimes multiple meetings. So it all worked out. I provided the sacrifice and God provided the fire. And uh, there was some of my team there. They, so they said, are you going to share the anointing tonight then? I'm like, oh, no. What does that look like anyway? I, I, I basically told everybody what I've just told you and said, well, okay, I'll pray for you, but this is all about God. This is really not about me. And uh, God came and met lots of people. The next night, same thing happens. And the team was saying, you're going to share the anointing tonight. Okay, I guess I am. And when I was preparing for this, I felt God remind me of this and say, so are you going to share the anointing? So it's half past nine. I know we're supposed to be finished now, but you know, God can work quite quickly. (laughs) So, what I felt God say to me was, oil, oil is a symbol of anointing. Okay? Uh, I'm not going to come make you stand in the square. I've walked all about over, over here. You know, he talked about everywhere your footsteps, you know, from Joshua and all of that kind of stuff. You know, he put it in context, and I haven't had time to do that. But, but what I, I want to say is that I hope what I've shared tonight, and I feel I've rushed, and uh, and if there'd been more time, I could have done a load more. But I hope it's inspired you to go after more, whether you're a parent or a teacher uh, or a leader, teacher, whatever you call yourself, past children's pastor, whatever, um, because our breakthrough, that what we receive can open the door to kids receiving so much more. And that's really why I've focused on you tonight as leaders and as, as parents rather than the nitty-gritty of what, what actually to do with the kids. So I want to simply ask you, if you'd like me to pray, and all I'm going to pray is, is, is Lord, give them anointing, my anointing. Um, I'm, as I've said, I'm nobody special. Okay? I am a quiet English Baptist. Okay, you're making room. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and I'm just going to, like, I encourage the kids when we pray for them to hold their hands out like they're going to receive something. And I want to encourage you to do that if you're comfortable with that. And I'm just going to put a little bit of oil on your hand. Just as a sign of the Holy Spirit coming and touching you with his anointing. Okay. Will your anointing look exactly the same as mine? No. Okay. Have I paid a price to get where I am? You know, 30 years ago when I started in all of this, nobody was doing this. I wanted to, I wanted to buy the book and find out how to do it. And there, was no, there were no books. There was nothing. There was nobody. Hardly anybody in the world going with these kind of things. There's still a, not a lot of people, actually. I've had to write the book uh, because nobody wrote one for me, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I have paid a price. And, I, I, and I'm happy to have paid that price if you get more. And as a result, your children get even more. Okay. So there's no music because we can be clinical. <laughs> it's God's here. We don't have to have all this music. And I mean, we could have music, but we don't need music. <laughs> See, we, we don't need music, do we? Your kids can't have music in the playground. Well, they might be able to in their ears, but, you know, we can't have it all the time. We can't have a nice atmosphere. We just need God. And God is not reliant on nice church music. I hate to say it. I like nice Christian music, but you know what I'm saying, don't you? So let's pray. Um, before I put oil on your hands and ask for more anointing, there's something you need to do. Because God doesn't want to waste his anointing. Okay? And when God gives us his anointing, more of his Holy Spirit, whatever we want to call that, he wants us to do something with that. So you need to decide right now, why don't you just close your eyes and just connect with God, just in this moment. You need to decide whether you're prepared to say to God tonight, God, whatever you want from me, I'll be the sacrifice if you will be the fire. That's what the anointing is. It's his fire. Parents, you need this probably even more than us as leaders because you've got your children all the time. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all the incredible things that you've enabled me to see over the years and the ways that you've used me. Lord, just an ordinary person, but I've said yes to you, Lord. And I want to pray for your people here right now, that by your Holy Spirit, you will stir something deep inside them that means they cry out, yes, Lord, whatever. And Lord, as I pray tonight, for those that want more of your anointing, more of the anointing that you've put on me, Lord, I'm happy to share because I know as I give, I get more. That's how it works in the kingdom. Lord, I want to pray that you will so anoint your people, your, your parents, your leaders here tonight that they won't, they won't believe what they see almost. <laughs> it'll be unbelievable what they see with their children because it'll be so much. And Lord, 
As your anoint, with your anointing comes revelation and inspiration and creativity and energy and refreshing. And I pray for the Holy Spirit that you will give to your people tonight exactly what they need for the task that they've got in front of them. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a helper. <laughs> you don't call us to anything that you don't want to bless us in. And you don't want to use us to work through. And we thank you, Lord. So I just invite you to come. Come to the front just so I can get to you rather than climb.